excited that the, the worship team is going to stay up here this morning. We're going to go back and forth with a little bit of the message and reading scripture together and then worship. And we're going to interweave that today. So a special service for sure. I don't know about you, but we can make Christmas into so many different things, can't we? And sometimes we lose what it's all about. And that's why this year we have options when it comes to Christmas and why we celebrate what we celebrate. This year we can make it about getting or giving. We can make it about problems or peace. We can make it about decorations or devotion. What I want to talk about today, we can make it about stillness or stress. This year, we have a choice, and what we want to do is choose reclaiming Christmas. In other words, we want to reclaim Christmas for what it's about, and it's about Jesus and all that comes with him. But we know that this time of the year is really stressful. The calendar starts to get full, kids' concerts, parties, shopping, decorating, buying, and then all of a sudden you throw in a pandemic how stressful this is, not just about the season, but everything we're carrying because of what's going on in our world. Well, I want to look with you at a story that highlights stress, but also highlights the possibility of stillness and peace in the middle of stress. It involves Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph. So what we're going to do today, we're going to look at two accounts of that story, one in Luke and the other one in Matthew, and we'll go back and forth in that. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 35, as we're going to look first at Mary's stressful situation. Here's what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. I would assume that you and I would probably feel that same way. Confused, disturbed. Other translations say she was troubled. She was upset. She was stressed. All of a sudden, she was visited by this angel, and what she's about to hear is going to change her life forever. But what I love about this part is right after she gets this disturbing news where she was confused and scared, the angel of the Lord said to her, do not be afraid. For you in this room, maybe you need to hear those words today, don't be afraid. She said, don't be, he said, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, what? How could this happen? I am a virgin. I mean, you could just feel the stress in Mary, like, wait, all these things, I can't comprehend it. You're telling me these things, but there's no way it's possible. How could this be? It was too much to take in. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the, and, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. All of these things Mary has to be pondering 
Her life is changed forever. She's supposed to bear a child, not just any child, the son of God. And then all of a sudden she's trying to process this and then she's going to have to convince Joseph that she didn't cheat on him. Because all of a sudden there she is pregnant. She didn't want to be. She wasn't looking to be pregnant and she's not just pregnant with anybody. She's pregnant with the king of the universe. She thought probably to herself, my fiance could leave me. I could be punished for my unfaithfulness. Though it's not in the record of scripture, I wonder if she cried out, this is too much. That's some words that I've cried out lately as well in my life. Now I'm not pregnant with the Savior of the world. Thank God. That would be a miracle, wouldn't it be? Whoa. <laughs> but there's just so much going on in the world right now. I, I can't comprehend it. And not just in the greater world, but my own personal world. And so many times I've told friends and told family, it's too much. I can't handle it. How many of you have thought that? Maybe not said the words, but you're, you're walking around with this burden. But what's so interesting in this story, in the next chapter, in chapter 2, we see that somehow in the midst of stress, Mary accepted the fact that everything's going to be okay. She found peace. She found stillness. And we see this in verse 19. It says this, But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Even though in the midst of this stress, she started to ponder God's words to her. She kept them close and she rehearsed them over and over again. And because of that, she started to have peace and stillness in the midst of a very, very stressful situation. So in the next few moments, I want us to step into stillness as well. What we want to do is we want to ponder God's word. In the midst of this too muchness that all of us are probably experiencing in our life in various forms, God promises to be faithful. And the way we remember that is, yes, coming to church on Sunday, but then we rehearse it all week as we read scripture. As we remember how faithful he is and his character and what he wants to do in our lives, we remember it over and over and over and we keep it close, just like Mary did. So we want to take time to do that. And we're going to sing a uh, song called Be Still My Soul. And I want to encourage you, you're more than welcome to sing it with us, but I would love just for the worship team this morning to sing it over you. And just to tell God in the midst of all of the stress, be still my soul. You are faithful. I want to remember that right now.
just take a few moments of silence to be still with the Lord right now. There's so much going on in our world, Lord. But that doesn't surprise you. Even when we feel like things are out of control, we come to you knowing you're in control. We, like Mary, feel like life is too much sometimes, and yet what we need to remember is you are enough. That we rehearse your faithfulness and your love and your grace for us as we read that through the scriptures. Keep that close to us today, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. That was Mary's perspective on the story. Let's look at her fiance, Joseph. We're going to go a little bit back in the Gospels to Matthew. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 21, as we look at Joseph's stressful circumstances. Here's what Matthew says. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His, Mary, his mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, she was still a virgin. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. I would love to be in their conversation, wouldn't you? For Mary to say, hey, I want to let you know I am pregnant by God. And Joseph's like, what dude around here is named God because I want to meet him? I mean, it would have been so ludicrous. Her, his immediate response would have been like, yeah, right, come on. You've been unfaithful to me. And back then, what's interesting is if, if someone would get pregnant before marriage, especially during their engagement period, she could have been killed for this. Joseph knew that. He could have left her, embarrassed her, and disowned her. But Joseph, as he's pondering the situation, he doesn't do that. We see in verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. I love that about Joseph. It shows his character. He's a righteous man. Yes, he could have embarrassed her. Yes, he could have disowned her, but he doesn't do that. But he also knows he can't stay with her either. It's not just embarrassing to be with someone like that culturally, but in his heart, of course, he thought that she was unfaithful to him. And he was about to leave quietly. But then God intervenes. We see in verse 20, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid. Those are those words again. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. I don't know if Joseph was quite convinced even at that point that he should stay with her and he was pondering what was the right thing to do. Because if he were to stay with her, not only was he going to have to be convinced this was right, but everyone around him is going to know exactly what happened and he, would have, he could have faced embarrassment. But of course, God spoke to him. and said, no matter what people think, I want you to do this. I'm asking you to obey me because there's something bigger at stake here. And he had to wrestle with this question. Will I trust God with what does not make sense right now in my life? 
And I want us to wrestle with that this morning as well. The next step to stillness in the midst of our stress is trusting God with what doesn't make sense. We were leaving, this, uh, as the first service was leaving this morning, I get to pray with a man who tomorrow begins treatment for his cancer, and it's incurable. And his outlook was so amazing. He wasn't denying the fact that he was going through this. His mom was there in tears, his wife, his son. But he said, I, I get a chance to trust. Trust God. Even if things don't turn out the way I want, I can trust that he's faithful. In the midst of the stress, I know he has me. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. I didn't know that was going on in his life, but I imagine there are so many things right now that you have to trust God for, that he has to come through. What a great place to be in right now. Not easy, but it's the perfect place to be because we get to entrust ourselves to the Savior of the world. So the next few moments as we sing part two of Be Still My Soul, just ask God right now, God, how can I trust you with these things and listen to how he speaks to your souls? We take this moment to sing with him. just take a few moments of silence to be still and to put our trust back into Jesus.
Lord, I think so often when it comes to our lives, we think that you're pointing down at us, imagining that we can't come to you because you've given up on us. We haven't read the Bible or prayed lately, and so why would you want us? Or how we are trusting you with something, and maybe we feel like, oh, no, it's you again. But Lord, you, you don't point your finger at us. You open your arms to us. That whatever sin we're struggling with right now, whatever circumstance in our life that we don't know if we can take the next step, you are opening your arms that we would relax in your presence. You are gentle and humble and that we can come to you. And you tell us when we do that, when we're burdened and we're tired and we trust you, you give us rest. Lord, our soul needs rest. May we put our trust in you, our whole trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. We saw how Mary had to do that and Joseph had to do that, put their trust in him and find stillness and peace in the midst of chaos. Well, now it gets even more chaotic for the both of them because now they're together and yet now it's even more stressful. We're going to turn back to chapter 2 in Luke. So if you want to turn ahead in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2 verse 1, we pick up the story there. It says, at the time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. Have you ever traveled with a wife, or maybe you are the wife, have you ever traveled when they were pregnant? Talk about stress. <laughs> when my wife and I moved to Grand Rapids, we were nine months pregnant with our first child. My wife gave birth two weeks after we settled in in Grand Rapids, and it was crazy to have to move up, move and pack everything and, and go to Grand Rapids. It was incredible. And then when we decided to move back to Sandusky a few years later, uh, Paula just gave birth to our second child. And so two days after we gave birth, we packed up everything and we moved back to Sandusky. Super stressful. <laughs> but at least we had a car. <laughs> we had a U-Haul. And we had things to help us. For Mary and Joseph, they were out by themselves. And it would have been so scary, to say the least. And of course, there was a census. They had to go through Bethlehem. This trip would have taken them 90 miles along the Jordan River and then then west over the hills surrounding Jerusalem before they made it to Bethlehem. A young, healthy couple could have moved about 20 miles per day, but for Mary and Joseph, it was probably about 10. It was long and grueling. James Strange, James Strange who's a professor of New Testament archaeology, he says, we have no idea how difficult it was, but it was a fairly grueling trip. Strenuous, stressful, overwhelming to say the least. And of course, they're not just going to have a baby. It's going to be the baby, the savior of the world. We read on in verse six, it says, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. 
I love that last part. There was no lodging available. And we know the story. They went to try to find a place to have the Savior of the world, and they couldn't find anywhere. And so they had to give birth in this disgusting barn in the midst of all these nasty animals. Not the place that we would think the Savior of the world would be born. It was messy. It was stressful. It was overwhelming. But what I love right there in verse 7 here comes the Savior, and she, she wrapped him in snug, snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. I just love that scene. In the midst of all of the stress and cows mooing and who knows what was happening, here is God, Emmanuel, which is God with us. That in the midst of this chaotic time, God fit right there in the manger. I love this story, not because it's the Christmas story, because it tells us the kind of God that we get to journey with. That in the midst of chaos, he humbly came to be with us. He is God with us. So over these next few weeks, I guarantee you it's going to be stressful. We still are going to have gatherings probably in some way. We still are going to be buying presents and finding deals. It's still going to be a chaotic time and the pandemic's not going away anytime soon. So you have a choice and so do I. It's not about the stress, but what God wants for us is stillness and peace. And we find that peace, the stillness in the presence of our Savior. In the midst of chaos, God chose to be born here He is God with us. Not just 2,000 years ago when he was born here, but he is with us now, no matter what you and I are going through. So this year, I want us to reclaim Christmas, that we don't let our Western culture seep in and take away what it's really about. It's really about Jesus and that he's with us and he wants to journey with us in this chaotic time. So in the weeks to come, may you treasure who Jesus is by continuing to rehearse the gospel that we find in his word. May you and I trust God with what seems so impossible. He wants to do the impossible. And even when it becomes difficult and we don't like the outcome, we can trust that he has a bigger purpose in mind. And when we look around and it's chaotic and life is out of control and we feel out of control, he wants to whisper to you, Emmanuel is here. God is with us. We want to sing to his name right now. So would you stand, and as we close our time, let's worship Jesus together.
to keep your name first in our lives as we leave here this morning. Help us to take time to be still and know that you are God and trust in the fact that you are God and you're in control. We give you this day. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. We're going to dismiss from